This episode is powered by Safety FM. Welcome to the Safety Consultant Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon Primus. Here is the podcast where I teach you the business of being a safety consultant, teach you about OSHA compliance, we talk about general safety and health, get a little bit of everything here, right? Trying to help you out, help you where you are going to be either the consultant for your company that you're working for or working for yourself, right? Because you want to make sure that you can help people stay safe. So that's what I do help you out with that one and then help you with a viable business. That is the key. So welcome to the show. For those of you that are listening for the first time, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, For those of you that have been around for a little while, we've been doing this for a while. So this is like episode 240, 250, somewhere around there. It's been a while. So thank you so much, you guys that have been listening for a while. And I do want to thank you. So let's talk about who's been listening for a while. So let's take a quick look at my my data. So this is the data of people who download this podcast and it tells me in order countries that it's coming from. So I wanna thank you guys, US, you are number one in this list. Bahrain, number two, South Africa, number three, Singapore, number four, Italy, number five, France is six, seven is Canada. Number eight is Germany. Number nine, UK. Ten, Netherlands. So that's the top ten of people who are listening to this. If you're listening from Finland, Australia, Hungary, Taiwan, New Zealand, Spain, Portugal, Hong Kong, um, Poland, Austria, Sweden, Switzerland, Malaysia, Denmark, UAE, India, Ireland, Israel, Croatia, Bulgaria, Greece, Indonesia, and Japan. Thank you as well. You guys rock. So I just want to thank you for listening to the podcast. So let's go ahead and give you guys what you deserve. Yeah. Thank you. You rock. You guys are the real MVPs. (laughs) So, oh my Let's go into, well, uh, let's tell you what's happening. Uh, I'm working on uh, another hydrogen sulfide instruction, instructor development course coming up in, uh, in June. So uh, please keep an eye uh, on me and you're going to be able to see my postings on two places, one LinkedIn or my Facebook group that I share with uh, Jay Allen from Safety FM and then Mr. Allen Wilford. And Allen is actually a diary of a bald man. (laughs) Allen's an old student of mine. Uh, So he's helping with that group as well. So you would get to the Facebook group by going to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash safety consultant. And that's groups with an S-G-R-O-U-P-S. So again, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash safety consultant. And um, they're going to ask you, there's three automated questions just to make sure that they're not bots signing up. And with those three automated questions, uh, you're going to have to answer those. And then 
uh, make sure you answer the most important question, which is, do you agree to abide by the rules of the group? And once you say yes to that, you are in. And you're going to get all kinds of information uh, from me. But if you do miss any questions or you say no to anything, you're out. All right, so don't be out. Be in. That's where you want to be. You want to be in, not out. So go ahead and answer those questions, and then you'll be part of the safety consulting group on Facebook. Uh, currently, I think we got roughly around uh, 2,500, maybe. So I'm going to do a quick search. You're going to hear some typing in the back. Uh, so I believe it's roughly around 2,500 or more people, and it's all international. So you're going to see people from all over the country in this group, uh, which is wonderful. So uh, thank you everyone for being members and who are members of the safety consultant uh, group. It's not the podcast group, it's just the group itself. Uh, so this group is actually 3,307 members. Wow, more members than I thought. So 3,307 members in this Facebook group and it's international and it's facebook.com forward slash groups with an S forward slash safety consultant. And then another way to get a hold of me and see my posting, especially if I, uh, I miss a week or if, uh, if I don't uh, release my episode on Wednesday because I am an active safety consultant, so sometimes I got projects. Uh, so you could get in key touch by first subscribing to the show. So when a new episode drops, <laughs> I love that, new episode just drops, I might have to go look up that sound, you know, like a... Uh, ad rock when you go let the beat drop that's a uh, beastie boys all right sorry that's me my bad <laughs> so i'm gonna end up having to uh, uh i'm gonna skip that joke altogether <laughs> let's go back to telling you what i wanted to so the other thing i want to tell you is you could reach me by linkedin which is linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash sheldon primus my name so once you get there you'll see me i'm gonna post uh, usually there and keep you guys informed either in my group with the safety consultants or on LinkedIn, letting you guys know about uh, scheduling and things there, uh, special events as well. So I did tell you about the H2S IDC class that's coming up. I'm going to be working with a global uh, company and we're going to be doing some free seminars regarding international training. So you're going to get word about that when it comes in. And uh, if you want to reach out to me, the best way to do it will be safetyconsultantpodcast.com, safetyconsultantpodcast.com, and there's a microphone icon on there. Just press the microphone icon, and then you could talk to the show. And when you talk to the show, you're talking to me. I'm going to get that that uh, recording, and then I'll be able to hear what you're you're telling me. So at that point, I have audio messages and I'll go by and I'll read all my, listen actually to all my audio messages there. So that is safetyconsultantpodcast.com. You're going to look for the microphone icon, hit the microphone icon and go ahead and record your voicemail for me. So that's an easy way to get a hold of me. All right. So I gave you guys some information. Um, if you have not subscribed to the podcast, please do whatever you're listening to me right now, hit your subscribe button. So again, when I do release any episodes, you're going to get uh, a notification. I generally release once a week, unless there's something happening in life and with work and work again as safety consultant because I'm active consultant and trainer. 
uh, and then you're going to know, hey, Sheldon didn't release this week. He's going to release next week. Yeah, so therefore, you'll be tipped up. And if you do like this, share it. Let's see if your country can move up in the ranks. Maybe your country could hit the top 10 if you're outside of the top 10. Get you and your friends and other people that are interested in safety and health uh, to support the show. That would be a great way. Let me know that you support me and share it with a friend. Give a review. I love those. Those work as well. So thank you so much. All right. So let's get into the episode for today. Uh, this episode for today, I'm going to talk about contracts. I had something really happen recently on a contract, and uh, I'm glad I put this client on a contract because I'm a little iffy about them, and uh, I just knew the feeling. You know, you get that feeling where you're thinking, man, they may not abide to the agreement, and a good handshake may not be good enough with this client. And I had that feeling last year. So I made a safety consultant agreement and I'm going to kind of explain what this agreement would look like so you guys could do your own. But before I explain what the agreements look like, and I'm not going to give you details because I can't do that. It's a contract. But I'm going to tell you the, the template, if you would, to follow. So the reason why you want to do this is there are some people that you work with that you can rely on and that you know for sure that they're going to take care of you. You've been working together and you maybe build a rapport. You may not use a contract with that individual. I had a situation like this recently where I had a company that I was working with often and I was like a subcontract to them. So they had work and then I would actually do work uh, in their name. So a subcontractor. Um, that's a great way if you're currently working for someone and you want to be able to do safety consulting just a little bit and dip your toe in. The best way to do that would be, oh, well, not the best, a way to do that would be for you to go ahead and uh, make yourself available to be a subcontractor to someone else. You could do their training, you could do a mock OSHA audit, but you're not doing it under your business, you're doing it under someone else's. And that could help fund you so you can get your business. It will work even better is if you have your business and just make sure you get the name because you want to aid your business as long as you can. So uh, this year is the best year to start your business. Even if you don't do anything with it full time for three, four more years, today is the best day to start your business. Because when you do get full time, your business would already have a born on date of, you know, this month, yesterday, today, whatever it is. So you want to do that as best as you can. But let's say you can't actually actively work, then you can work as a subcontractor for someone. So that's what I was doing in this company I've worked with for years and years and years, but they had a new client and they hired me to do some training. And then the new client flaked out on them. And that's a term in America that we use, just meaning truly that uh, the person just dropped the ball, they forgot. That's another term, right? Drop the ball, forgot. Oh man, I got all kinds of balls. <laughs> so we got uh, just all those things that we're thinking of. Oh man, Sheldon, you're going to have to clean that up. All right, so what the idea or what happened, I should say, not idea, what happened was uh, that person honestly forgot about the training and I had already spent money on a place to stay and I was ready to do the training and they canceled when I was literally a day or two away from doing the training. So that's, um, 
I had to meet you guys because I'm not in a sound stage, so you're going to have a background noise for me from time to time. So if you hear that, that's actually somebody in, in, in near vicinity that's really loud. And I had to hit my mute button. So um, back to the story. So what happened was in this case, that client flaked and that client forgot all about it and they want to push off the date to a later date and everything else where I have incurred money and expenses. So in this case, I did not have a contract with this person I was working with often. So in this case, what normally would happen would be that um, I would have lost money on this, especially the money that I spent for housing and everything else. And then also, I would leave the revenue for the class that day. So in order for me not to do that, the best thing and the best practice would have been to put the client that I had on contract and then they would put that extra other client on contract. So most of the time when you're going to do a contract, especially for training, uh, you're probably going to put in some wording in there that has a cancellation policy. So cancellation policies may differ. You may say if someone cancels within seven days that they're going to owe you a certain amount or if they cancel within you know a few days that they're going to have some sort of amount. I do that with um, with webinars. I, I work with companies sometimes and I do webinars. And in my contract, I say, if this thing does not go through, you don't tell me and you don't cancel, you're still going to owe me some money. <laughs> and that's honestly because I have to spend time, energy and effort and even block off a part of my schedule for you to be, you know, for me to service that contract. So that's one of the things that I would say is um, you definitely want to think of that consideration as a reasoning to do a contract, even though you may have someone who you worked with before and you guys are in good working condition, whenever they introduce a new person, a new company, now that means there's new variances, new risk. You don't know anything about this company. You don't know if they're going to pay or not, right? So that now becomes where you then would have to put the contract into place so that if something happens, whatever money that you incur our expenses, you're going to get reimbursed for that. So that's one of the considerations. Now here's another one. For big projects, you want to put uh, your client on a contract for big projects as well. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you guys more of a template of what this contract should look like. I'm not giving you the wording because that wording is going to have to have legalese in the country that you live in and you're going to have to make sure it's legal to that country. So here is the, the template, if you would. So first you want to have this thing as a consulting agreement. And you want to make sure that you're going to identify the parties that are going to be part of this agreement. You're going to be one of the parties and you're going to be identified as the consultant. And then whoever the person you're doing service for, you're going to identify them as the client. So and then at the that means once you identify them in the first little section of your contract as consultant and client, you give everyone roles, then the rest of the contract, all you have to do is say consultant, client, consultant, client, instead of writing the name out of the company each time because you already have a reference point. So the first section is going to end up being 
you know, uh, your definitions. Any definition that you have that is coming up in this contract, you want everyone to know what property means, what audit means, what consulting services mean, what worksite means, what uh, OSHA inspection means, PPE, personal protective equipment, if you want to put that in your uh, in your contract, where if you show up and they have a unique hazard, that they're going to provide PPE for you if you don't want to have to pay for your own PPE and have it only for one contract. You could put that in. Uh, you could then put that in that they provide the PPE for you. Uh, you could put in they provide lunch, and then you want to uh, tell them what lunch is. If they provide accommodations, you want to tell them what kind of accommodations. You know, uh, a three-star hotel minimum. If you want to uh, have some, let's say you want to do business class in flights, put that in your contract. Make sure that when you say business class, you tell them what that definition is. So the next thing that you're going to put in there is you want to make sure that the next part of the agreement is going to give some more uh, definitions about terms. Sometimes you might use terms and it's masculine and it's feminine. If it's pluralized, you want to kind of uh, tell them this contract's going to have some reoccurring words. And these are some of the things or this is what these words are going to mean. Next thing is going to be a description, a scope of work, and tell them, you know, in this section exactly what's going on. Uh, what is going to be the scope of work? And then uh, spell it out for them. It may take three, four, or five paragraphs, whatever, put it in there. The next section is going to be the authority, uh, the authority to execute the agreement, authority for actually. Um, having the ability to walk through the uh, facility and do the work that you need. Uh, that's the stuff you're going to put into that section. Um, it's going to be several pages. My, my base contract is going to be seven pages. I have me and the client both sign each page independently just to prove that each page was read. So that's an aside. Just want to make sure you guys get that one. So contract price is the next one. So now you're going to tell them how much everything's going to cost. If there is a breakdown that you need to really specify, chances are you're going to add some sort of exhibit, an exhibit A, exhibit B, C chart in exhibit B. And then you can explain, well, for X amount of students, then we're going to have X amount of uh, price. If it goes above this student rate, then your rate is going to be this. That's a way of doing it where you could uh, show any kind of contingency, here is going to be the cost to you. So that's going to be your contract price. Put that all in there. And if you need to add um, specific notes or exclusions, you could put that in there as well. Uh, next thing I usually put in my sections will be some sort of reimbursement wording. So meaning if I'm spending money up front, you're going to reimburse me for things like gas. You're going to reimburse me for food. You're going to reimburse me for lodging if I have to pay for it up front. If I need to send faxes in the old fax system and it costs me a quarter of fax, you're going to pay that. That's the stuff you want to put in there. So tell them what kind of fees are reimbursable uh, so that there's no um, surprise when that client gets your bill and they see that there's travel and per diem. It's in the contract. Ready? You should know about that. 
So think about everything. Think about when you get to the airport, you're going to have to think about baggage fees. You're going to have to think about your Airbnb or your hotel. You're going to have to think about uh, like how do you get from point A to point B? Are you bringing your car? Then it's gas. If you're going to be using a rental, then you're going to have to put the rental rates. If you're going to do a, um, a ride sharing, put that in there. All right. And in some cases, um, you might want to just put in a flat per diem rate per day per consultant, especially if there's more than one of you. So that per diem rate is usually going to be covering your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner, and then any incidentals. Usually you can add more things, but that put, spell it out in that section. Then after that, if you need any special equipment in any way, you may not have to purchase all the equipment that you need to do this job. You could put it in the contract, especially if the employer has deep pockets and they could provide equipment or they already have it. And at that point, you're going to put in the contract that uh, you're going to have access to that equipment. And now you could save yourself uh, the time, energy, effort and expense of purchasing equipment you may only use for one or two jobs max, you know. So throw that in there. What kind of equipment you're going to end up using? In some cases, you can also put in your contract, your insurance, and let them know that either you're going to cover insurance yourself or during the time of your inspection that you're going to end up being uh, the responsibility of the client. So at that point, your insurance, um, your insurance burden is now moved over to that, uh, to that client. So in some cases, you could do that. Some cases, your client, especially if it's government work, your client will require you to have uh, error and emission insurance and personal liability insurance. Those are the two things that are mostly required. And uh, auto. If you're driving onto the facility, chances are you may actually need auto insurance too. So sometimes you could put that in the contract that says as far as consultant insurance, uh, we're not going to... Uh, uh, say that um, I'm not, we're not required to have insurance and just have them sign off on that. The next big thing would be termination. So it's traditional to have some sort of wording in a contract about when to terminate a contract. And this is what got me messed up <laughs> this week. Oh no, I'm not going to tell you guys everything obviously because I can't. But uh, when you don't have a termination agreement, man, it could be scary. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> so generally what you're going to be looking for is wording that says, what are the conditions of cancellation? Who can do this on both parties' side? And then how many days does it take to be in effect? What's due at cancellation? So let's say you cancel a contract and it's written, you write down that you have to do a written notice in 30 days, but any outstanding balance is going to be due. So now at that point, uh, you now know that that client needs to give you 30 days. And then at that point, you now know that you're going to be losing a client in 30 days and you got time to you know, work it out. If you want to, which I suggest is in that same section, you want to give yourself some more leeway. 
if it's a bad client, it's a bad client. You want to make sure you could uh, distance yourself from them quickly. So put in there that you don't need the 30 days uh, so that you have more flexibility. Because sometimes you honestly do need to separate yourself from some people. So put that in there as well. Give yourself some more flexibility. Uh, throw in your contract any wording about act of God. So just in case there's a, a flood, a fire, a hurricane, something similar like that. And now it takes for you uh, something that is completely out of your control is taking you away from what you could do with uh, your client. And then at that point, uh, you are not going to be held liable for something that happened that would be considered an act of God. So throw that in there. Uh, you could throw in things like an integration clause, which is going to end up saying that uh, uh, you're going to end up, when you're on type on their um, premises, that you're going to be kind of integrated into any of their, uh, their warranties or anything like that. So no one can make a claim against you. Uh, for like a voided warranty because of something you've done or workmanship or issue uh, you're going to want to have some wording in there just to make sure that there is limited liability for that uh, if there's any additional disclaimers that you need to do uh, such as this work includes this and this is the scope but it does not include this this is extra money uh, so therefore you're going to put that in there and let them know that this is what this contract covers and this is what the contract does not after that you might end up throwing in a couple of miscellaneous generally when you see miscellaneous you're going to see some legalese that is going to uh, incorporate uh, your local government laws it's also going to incorporate like national laws if you need to uh, you could throw all that then in there and then on the very end i usually uh, give a nice brief summary of all the scope and you could leave yourself some space for extra and additional allowances and after that will be your exhibits. Exhibit A could be payment schedule. Exhibit B could be uh, some schedule as to when the scope is done and, and what to expect in uh, considerable months or whatever. So that's the way that you would, you would kind of like work it out. Uh, many of you may have access to templates or you may have a lawyer that can help you out. That's great. That's the way to do it. Uh, if not, then just kind of use the, the system that I'm telling you to, to help you. Another consideration, though, and this is a consideration that I've done before, is I've actually um, used my proposal. I used my proposal as a contract. So I gave them a full proposal. And then on the very bottom, I put a place to sign, sign and date and two parties are signing and dating. So you sign and date it, and then they sign and date it, and then now your proposal can be used as a contract. So you do your normal proposal, and then at the very end, you do a signature page. So that's possible. It really depends on how detailed you need this to be. Man, now some good noise coming in there. All right, that is our topic for today contracts it's going to help you out as best as you can
make sure that you keep up on it and hold people responsible. In some cases, you might end up having to do a civil action, but mm, let's not go there. If you do, look up your laws and see what you could do. But um, it behooves you to do a contract. It's worth it. It really is worth it, all right? So thank you, gang, for listening in, being part of the show. And honestly, I think you guys could do this. You got this. Everybody. Go get them. This episode has been powered by Safety FM. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast or broadcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within the past hour are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast or broadcast may be reproduced, stored within a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast or broadcast, Sheldon Primus.